Up next, Rob Smith is problematic, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. The most insidious war that the far-left LGBTQ cult is fighting right now is the war on childhood. This is Rob Smith is Problematic. Last week, we talked a lot about the LGBTQ cult's war on women. And this week, I want to expose the LGBTQ cult's war on childhood. And this sounds very uh, hyperbolic, right? Uh, This sounds like I'm just being crazy, like I'm one of those nutty sort of far-right religious conservatives from the 80s, right? You know, he's talking about a war on childhood. This is crazy. The LGBT community is just about love and tolerance and inclusivity and all of that stuff. And I'm going to get into that in this episode. But to get a sense of how insidious this sort of war that the LGBTQ cult is waging on childhood, you have to look back to the history of how gays and lesbians were treated in this country. And this is specifically gay men. I'm a gay man. It took gay men decades to wash off the pedophile stigma. There were so many people that had to fight against this idea that that gay men were pedophiles and it's like oh don't leave gay men around your kids don't leave gay guys around your kids you know they're going to touch your kids they're going to be pedophiles they're going to sexually abuse your children all of this other stuff and how we got past that and how we moved beyond the idea that gay men are pedophiles is that gays and lesbians came out, became active members of society, started getting married, started having relationships, started just working and just being regular Americans, right? So that's how we got rid of the pedophile stigma. But I will be damned if in the past 10 years, the far-left LGBTQ cult has brought that stigma right back to gays and lesbians. And that's what they're doing in this war on childhood. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about that this episode. And what makes this so dangerous is that it's turning back the clock on how the average American sees gays and lesbians. When we got to a point where we were seen, and I I still do believe that that we are seen as regular law-abiding members of society that can be of use in a variety of different ways. But now, when you see the stuff that I'm going to tell you about, you see how we're getting that stigma of being too weird around kids and and getting that sort of pedophile stigma again. And this is because the far left LGBTQ cult is now using children to push their agenda. Because now it is not enough for the LGBTQ to have infiltrated all of Mainstream media and corporations and, oh, we got this explosion of rainbow flags every June and everybody loves it. Now, now they want to come for the kids. Now, we have these child drag queens that are floating around that nobody wants to say anything about. You know, you have to be the bad, the bad gay, the bad gay conservative if you say that dressing up a seven-year-old child in drag is just weird. But that's what it is nowadays, and, th- and that's what we have. So you have these child drag queens that are around, and there's one of them in particular, and I write about this kid in my book as well. And so there's a child drag queen named Desmond is Amazing. And Desmond is Amazing has been featured on 
so many different internet videos. I think there was one from Mashable that said Desmond is amazing is the future. And so the, here's this uh, God, this this seven, eight year old child just dancing around doing drag and all this stuff. And let me tell you something, guys. Like I'm a gay man. I love drag queens. I love adult drag queens and gay bars. It's a form. It's a it's a gay culture form of entertainment. I watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Love it. We all have parties. Kiki, kiki, kiki. But it's not for kids. It's not a kid thing. What you have is a six, seven, eight, nine year old child doing a very exaggerated, very adult display of femininity which is a joke for adults, but a kid doesn't know any better. And so you have this kid, Desmond is amazing. And I'd seen, I'd seen this kid around New York City, just, just walking around. And I just, when I, when I saw him in public, I, I felt sad because there's a hardness that I think people develop as public figures, that I've developed as public figure. When you are in a situation you are on, and you sometimes you feel like it, sometimes you don't. It, it, it's whatever. But this kid was operating like a public figure. Just it, it was just it was sad. It, it was very sad to see. And the reason that I bring him up is because this same child drag queen was filmed dancing at a gay bar in Brooklyn at 3 a.m. for tips from grown adult males. This is a true story. It was all over the internet. I tweeted about it. I put it on my Facebook. It was revolting. It was disgusting. But yet, again, when you call that out to the far-left LGBTQ cult, they make you the bad guy. They make you the villain. And so what we have when we're doing, when we're normalizing child drag queens or when now they're, they're putting gay characters in, in cartoons that are, that are for kids, what we're doing is we are waging war on their childhoods. I didn't know that I was gay until, God, I, I think I was about maybe 15, 16 years old. I started figuring it out. But now we're projecting these things onto to very young kids and, and putting it out in, in mainstream media. And I think it's very destructive. There have been some of these child drag queens that have been photographed with Naked adult male drag queens. That is another thing that you can Google for yourself. And so this is a war on childhood. And I can't even get into the pushing of transgender ideology and transgender identity onto kids. Onto three, four, five, six, seven, nine-year-olds. Because that is a thing as well. And when I get into that in a later episode, I'm going to talk with an expert on this. With somebody who knows this stuff because I don't claim to be an expert on this stuff. I just know what I see and I know this cult that I've just escaped from. And not only do you have the child drag queens, you have, and, and you know, this next thing that I'm going to talk about, this is as much the fault of these stupid hipster, liberal Brooklyn, anything goes parents than it is any, anybody else. They got the drag queen story hours. So now you have drag queens, failed drag queens, because God knows if you're a queen that's actually making any money, you're not doing drag queen story hours. So you have failed drag queens doing drag queen story hours for kids. Why? 
because they say kids need to know that you can play with gender and all that. Why do kids need to know any of that stuff? Why can't kids just be kids? This is not what gays and lesbians fought for 50 years ago. And that is why it needs to be spoken out about. That's why it needs to be dealt with. And that is why I am proud to be problematic if this is the problematic hill that I die on. It will be exposing the radical LGBTQ cult and letting everybody out there know that they do not represent the lives of gays and lesbians across the country. But the LGBTQ cult's war on childhood has a new ally, and he's running for president. I'm going to tell you how Joe Biden is helping the cult of LGBTQ target children after the break. So now that you know a little bit about how the LGBTQ cult is is targeting children and their push towards this far-left ideology, I want to talk to you a little bit about Joe Biden. And I believe that I talked a little bit about him on the last episode. But between that episode and now, Joe Biden spoke at a town hall. The uh, last week, he spoke at a town hall where he had he basically got lobbed softballs by ABC, didn't get any sorts of the, the same kind of tough questioning that President Trump got over on NBC News. But that's OK. You know, conservatives are used to it. We're, it's just it's not a fair fight. But this is not even what it's about. This is about a question that Joe Biden answered and the way that he answered this question. And this question is about, quote unquote, transgender children. And, and this is one of the more insidious aspects of the far-left LGBTQ's assault on childhood. Because now there is this idea that children as young as three... I, I've heard people on the left talk about, quote-unquote, transgender children as young as three years old. But in this particular case, this was, uh, I think, an, an eight-year-old that this softball question that came from the town hall came in. This is about two and a half minutes, but I want you to listen to this question, and I want you to listen to how Joe Biden answered this question. I'm the proud mom of two girls, eight and 10. My youngest daughter is transgender. The Trump administration has attacked the rights of transgender people, banning them from military service, um, weakening non-discrimination protections, and even removing the word transgender from some government websites. How will you, as president, reverse this dangerous and discriminatory agenda and ensure that the lives and rights of LGBTQ people are protected under U.S. law? I will flat out just change the law. Eliminate those executive orders, number one. You may recall, I'm the guy who said, uh, I was raised by a man who uh, I remember I was being dropped off. My, my, my dad was a high school educated, well-read man who uh, was a really decent guy. And I was being dropped off to get, get an application in the center of our city, Wilmington, Delaware, the corporate capital of the world at the time. And these two men, I'm getting out to get a, an application to be a lifeguard in the African-American community because it was a big swimming pool complex. And, uh, and these two men, well-dressed, leaned up and hugged one another and kissed one another. I'm getting out of the car at the light and I turn to my dad. My dad looked at me and said, Joey, it's simple. They love each other. The idea that an eight-year-old child or a 10-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. 
there should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is too many transgender women of color are being murdered. They're being murdered. I mean, I think it's up to now 17. Don't hold me to that number, but it's 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 incredible. It's, it's higher now. Yeah. And that's just as here. And so I promise you, there is no reason to suggest that there should be any right denied your daughter or daughters, whichever one or two, one, one your daughter, that your other daughter has a right to be and do none, zero. And by the way, my son, Bo, passed away, was the attorney general of the state of Delaware. He was the guy who got the first transgender law passed in the state of Delaware. And uh, because of a young man who became a woman uh, who uh, worked for him in the attorney general's office. So there's a lot of stuff going on in this clip. But let's just go let's just go to the, the, the part where Joe Biden says, well, say an eight year old or a 10 year old child decides that I'm transgender. I'm going to use the full weight of government and law to basically allow and to have taxpayers pay for this stuff, by the way, an eight or 10 year old child to be transgender. What, what does that even mean? And you'll notice that when this is spoken of um, on the left and, and when this is spoken of by people like Biden and, and all of this stuff, they, they never really get into the nitty gritty of what it actually is for a child to be transgender, because we're not just talking about a, a, a boy deciding that he is a little bit more feminine and decides to, to wear dresses and, and do all this. And we're not talking about that. You have young children that are being put on things called puberty blockers. And these puberty blockers are supposed to stop them from going into puberty so that they will be able to quote unquote pass better as the, the gender that they're supposed to be trying to transition into. And they start these kids at that, uh, you're talking 8, 10, 12 years old. And so when Joe Biden says that if an 8 or 10-year-old child decides that they're transgender and their life is going to be better, I'm going to support this. No, what he means is that he's going to use the full weight of the federal government and your taxpayer dollars in order to fund this stuff. And this is outrageous. It is insanity. As somebody who was a gay kid, I was a gay teenager. Yes, I, I don't know if I was super feminine or, or masculine or whatever. I, I never had any interest in, in dressing up in girls' clothes or whatever. I just, I was coded as not being athletic in high school, which is actually such a lie because I, I grew up in, and I'm a super athletic person. But you have a lot of kids nowadays that may or may not be gay or lesbians, but they're being told that if they don't fall into some box of what a man or a woman or boy or girl is supposed to be, not that they're just exploring, that they are transgender and that they need to be on medication and that this needs to become a huge part of their identity at 8, 10, 12 years old. This is so dangerous. And the people on the left that are pushing this stuff, there are some people that really do think that they are being supportive and being helpful and being allies. There are some parents who really do want to understand this. But there are some people that are involved in pushing an agenda and using the bodies and minds of these children to do it. Last week, you heard me talk with Chadwick Moore, and he talks a lot about Big Gay and Gay Inc. and, and all of these multi-million dollar organizations that exist only because gays and lesbians or LGBT people in this country think that their rights are, are always under attack or something like that. And so now after marriage equality happened and after Don't Ask Some Tell Repeal happened, 
a lot of these organizations needed to find a way to stay relevant. They needed to find a way to exist. And so they are hopping on this transgender thing as a way to stay relevant, as a way to exist. And they are using these children to do this. And they are using these stupid, silly, well-meaning liberal parents to do this. It's sick. It is so unfortunate. And one of the most unfortunate things about this is that now this is a conservative or liberal issue. Now it's just those mean, those big bad conservatives, you know, they're uh, they're not letting, they're attacking this, you know, eight-year-old transgender child from being who they're supposed to be and all this other stuff. It is completely ridiculous. And when you get into the, this war on childhood and when you get into a lot of the stuff that we talk about when it comes to these quote-unquote transgender children in the society and the Title IX protections and all of this stuff that got got shoved through in the Obama era because he was so weak that he didn't let common sense stand up to the stuff that these people were trying to push through. And so now this idea that there's this, this war on these young people who are quote-unquote transgender is ridiculous. What it is is a correction of things that were pushed too far in the first place. And I'll give you an example of this. All over the country right now, we have, and I talked about the war on women's spaces last episode, but in so many parts of the country, you have teen boys who are identifying as transgender. And so they're saying, okay, well, I'm a transgender girl. Well, I need to play women's sports and and I need to be in the girls' locker rooms. I need to do this stuff. And this is making a lot of these teenage girls very uncomfortable. And they're ideas and their rights and their rights to their spaces are being thrown under the bus for this idea of quote-unquote transgender rights. And this stuff with the kids is crazy. It's ridiculous. And mind you, this is coming from the quote-unquote party of science. These are the people that will smugly lecture you about climate change and about all of these other things and, and you know, trust the scientists and all that other stuff. And these people are telling you that It is okay, and it is not only okay, but it is wrong to not pump eight and nine and 10-year-old children full of medication so that they can, quote-unquote, change their gender. There's a reality star named Jazz Jennings, who was one of the first, and and I feel bad for Jazz Jennings. Jazz Jennings is transgender. And Jazz Jennings was one of the first kids to go through this publicly. For, for all of America to see, the, the, like this was a reality show that was on TLC for 10 years, I Am Jazz. And we saw, this. she was the pioneer. This was the first person that gained fame or notoriety for being transgender. She's very underage. I believe that, I believe that she's about maybe 10, 11, 12, something like that. So it gets all this attention for being transgender. This reality show has followed Jazz's life for the past decade. And you see all of this stuff. And Jazz was on these puberty blockers. And what happened was, and this is this is technical and it's a little uncomfortable, but we, I will just say this. What happened with Jazz Jennings, so when you put these kids on the puberty blockers, they do not go through puberty. And the idea is, like I said, that they will be more passing, quote unquote, when they grow up. Jazz Jennings was not allowed to, to go through puberty. Jazz Jennings had male genitalia. And so... The surgeries that Jazz Jennings had to go through to, to, to create 
I don't I don't know how you want to put it to 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 do this to do the bottom surgery. We'll say were uncomfortable and intense, and she had to be operated on over and over and over again because Jazzenix was on these puberty blockers. And this stuff is all out there. We have all saw this for the past ten years, and there's a reason why. You don't hear a lot from Jazz Jennings anymore. I'm sure that Jazz Jennings is still famous. I'm sure Jazz Jennings still has, I don't know, a million Instagram followers and and still has a reality show. But Jazz Jennings was the first person to be used for this child as trans agenda. And I do not believe that it has worked out very well for Jazz Jennings. And it'll be interesting to see how... Jazz goes about their life and in in what way Jazz continues to advocate for this. And so I say all this to say that this is dangerous stuff that is coming from the Democrat, the Democratic nominee for president, Joe Biden, is talking about things that he does not even comprehend or understand, probably doesn't know any of the stuff that I've just told you about. But he's got the cult in his ear. He is being a pawn in the cult's war on childhood. And of all the stuff that I've told you about, of all the, the child drag queens and the child drag and all of that stuff, this idea of trans children is the most insidious and it's the most dangerous because you are messing with the bodies and the minds of children. And this is what the cult is doing right now in the guise of acceptance intolerance. And God forbid, I don't care what political, what side of the political aisle you're on, God forbid you speak up and say anything against this or even question it. You will be called a bigot. You will be called everything under the, everything in the book. And you will be excommunicated by the cult. Next up, I'll be speaking with someone who knows a lot about the LGBTQ cult. She's a lesbian who was excommunicated from the left because she started speaking out about everything I just told you about, and I'll be speaking with her after the break. We have been talking a lot about the LGBTQ cult today, and I've got somebody to talk to that is intimately involved with the LGBTQ cult, Um, but I don't know if she would call it the cult. I'm going to have to ask her that. This is professional lesbian and YouTuber extraordinaire, Ariel Scarcella. As, as, as there's a cat crying in the background, couldn't be more lesbian than that. <laughs> at my friend's house. <laughs> there's two kids, three cats and two of them don't get along. I would, I would call it a mental, a mental cult, 100%. Physically, they're all different, but mentally, they all think the exact same way. Otherwise, you're not welcome, right? So it's yeah. definitely about thought. And it's, it's a shame. Like I've been doing, I, I've been posting videos on YouTube for over 10 years now. And for the first seven years or so, I was very well loved. I was not even liked, I was loved. I would go to VidCon and play this live and people would cry when they met me because I helped them come out of the closet and such. And now some of those same people think I'm this horrible person just because of the new ideology that the LGBT mental cult, whatever you want to call it, is is spewing. Yeah, and so... It, something happened over over um this this past weekend. I was in Nashville, Tennessee, and it was the uh, largest group of gay conservatives I think ever that had gathered up. There were there was basically all of us uh, were there, and uh, there's a drag queen, Lady Maga, 
And she put a photo of all of us and we were um, we had a Trump pride flag and she tweeted out that photo. And my goodness, you should see the replies on that tweet of that photo. This is the tolerant and inclusive crowd. Oh, my God. They said, oh, they're they're all ugly. They should kill themselves. They're brainwashed. They're delusional. They're on drugs. And these are the people that are supposed to be the, the most tolerant that call themselves the most tolerant. What do you make of that? I think that they're misunderstanding what tolerance actually is. <laughs> and I think it's very easy for them to misconstrue it because the, the line for tolerance is so thin these days that anybody's crossing the line just for, for, for e- even what happened with Amy Coney Barrett. She used the word sexual preferences instead of saying sexual orientation. And people got offended over that. And the funny yeah, thing is, here comes the cold. Yeah, here and comes the cold. And I've been blue check marks. Literally, blue check marks off the wall. And it's like I've been saying that for years that sexual preferences isn't the best way to say things. But I've been saying that against the far progressive left. They have been. They themselves have been saying sexual preferences, genital preferences, which is why they're. All, I'm always up in arms with them because that's a terrible way to say it. And of course, if you say preferences, it does make it seem like it's a choice. So I agree with the fact that Amy Coney Barrett shouldn't have said that, but she didn't, there was no malintent, which is, which is the real issue here. But the thing about it is, is that to the far left, quote unquote, progressive LGBTQ, there's always malintent when somebody doesn't have a D next to their name, when somebody's not a Democrat, right? Um, and, and, and what I hate about this entire moment is that they're saying, oh my God, if we put a, a conservative on the Supreme Court, they're just going to turn back marriage equality and they're going to turn back all of this. And it's this fear tactic that they use to control the minds of gays and lesbians. And, and Amy Coney Barrett said that basically the, the ruling that made marriage equality the law of the land, she basically said it's settled precedent. She said, she, she basically said that she is not going after that, not interested in it. There is no real interest in it from this administration. But I'm going to ask you, we, we've talked a lot today about, um, and, and I've really taken this on, I've taken on the LGBTQ cult has come for women's spaces in a lot of different ways, and particularly with the transgender issue. And I know that you as a lesbian were kind of ostracized or are being ostracized because you speak up for the right to women's spaces. So so talk to me a little bit about what your experience has been with the, the far left T of the LGBTQ cult. Yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll say the T and allies of the T, because that's it's, it's more the allies, believe it or not, than actual trans people with gender dysphoria. Um, most of the trans people that I'm friends with that have gender dysphoria understand the need for female-only spaces in certain situations, right? When it's a female-only space, because of biological reasons, like sports, like sports segregation, I don't think a male a person that has gone through male puberty belongs in those spaces. In social situations, I don't think somebody like Blair White should be in men's spaces either, right? Because right. socially, she is accepted as a woman. She presents as a woman. She she looks like a woman, whatever that even means these days. Um, but Blair the, is very Blair. I'm yeah. telling you, if you don't know that Blair is transgender, you would not know. Yeah, exactly. She passes better than a lot of lesbians. <laughs> there's some lesbians that look like dudes, bro. But like, there's you know, it's it's a social thing, right? Like, there's certain instances where you know, and a lot of people will call me a turf. What a turf means is it stands for trans exclusionary radical feminism. The funny thing is, I'm not actually trans exclusionary. If a male to female 
person like Blair White, they're not actually going from male to female. Obviously you can't change your sex, but socially you can be accepted as a woman, right? That's what male to female really means. If that's the case, I will accept Blair in social feminist issues, right? But biologically feminist issues don't make sense for her, right? So you're not really excluding trans people. You're just excluding, you're, you're excluding trans people in certain instances because of reasons that are out of our control. Like you can't change that you were biologically born male or female. You can't, you can change the fact that you're perceived as male or female. Um, but like now they, you know, the crazy, the the crazy progressive, you know, far left, uh, you know, has, has people going trans women going in for cervical cancer screenings. And it's like, this is absurd. This doesn't make oh, any women sense. Aren't women anymore. They're, they're uh, people who menstruate. People who menstruate. Menstruate. Uterus heifers. Uterus. Or yeah, but you're like not that. supposed. To, yeah, but at the same time, you're not supposed to. You know, judge. Uh, you're not supposed to. Uh, you know, ha- have women. Uh, be, be women just by their bodies, right? You're not supposed to. <laughs> but this is, you know what? Look, and, and for me as a gay male, this it, it's lunacy. And I, I think one of the things that irritates me the most is the spineless, gutless. Gays and lesbians on the left that are not standing up to this because they are afraid of being excommunicated from the cult. They are afraid that uh, of being canceled. They are afraid that they won't get invited to HR, HRC's annual gala. You know, it, it, it's so silly and it's, it's such insanity. And I write in my book, um, Always a Soldier, there's a chapter literally called The Cult of LGBTQ, and I break this stuff down about why women need the right to to female-only spaces. In sports, there was a situation where this, uh, and I think I talked about this earlier in the episode as well, but there was a um, a woman who lost out on a track, a, young, a girl who lost out on a track scholarship because the trans girls wanted to run. And these the, they had done nothing to physically transition at all. And one of them does an interview and he says, well, I wear my pink Uggs and then they had braids. And I, I'm just like, to me, this is lunacy. So is there, no, go ahead. No, though, I was gonna say the funny thing is there was an article uh, about, uh, it was written by a, 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 a good feminist. I can't, I, it's terrible that I even have to say that now, right? By a second wave feminist, somebody like me. And they were like, it's funny how, you know, the p- people, when they talk about men in sports, they talk about how obviously going on testosterone or, you know, taking any medication, you get you banned and stuff like that. But to, they're so specific when they talk about like wearing a specific type of shoe could potentially give somebody an edge in the competition. Yet we're, like and, and they'll they'll bitch and complain about, <laughs> you know, somebody wearing a shoe or taking some kind of supplement that's giving them uh, in, in, in male sports. Meanwhile, nobody on that same front is seeing how ridiculous it is to let males compete against uh, biological females, you know, but I they complain, that, they, they complain I, about a specific shoe when it's just men. Yeah. <laughs> I think that they know it. And it's really funny because I've talked about this a lot. And I wrote about this in the book because I was involved in, uh, if you want to call it LGBT activism, when I was on the left as a, as a uh, former, well, as a military veteran, I fought against Don't Ask, Don't Tell, it, I got we got the repeal. It was great. And then when I was involved in this stuff and it was right around 2011 and 2012 when things just started getting weird and things started getting a little weird in terms of and this was this is just leftism in general. But there just seemed to be things that I couldn't say or or things that I wasn't supposed to say or I was supposed to tiptoe around everything. And there was just this group of people that got so much power 
that they could shut down even questioning it. And that is the power that they have in certain circles right now. And the thing about me, the thing about this is to me, is that protecting the right to female spaces, this is not a conservative or liberal issue. It shouldn't be. Biology is not conservative or liberal. Why is it? So polarizing that way, do you think? Because they've changed the de- they've changed the definition of what woman means, and I mean by by most accounts, the word woman means female, right? But this day and age, because of trans people and because of trans people being able to transition and appear female when they're not, I can understand socially why the word woman has changed. But again, biology matters too. So we have we ha- we've yeah. come to a point in history where. You can be socially, you can socially be a woman, but biologically male. But they're treating it as if it's the same thing throughout. And it's not and the it's, same and thing. And it's not. And we have to recognize, we have to recognize that it's not and be okay. You know, it, it should be an okay statement to, to, to say, to, to state a biological fact, like with JK Rowling, you know, they come after and her for it, stating facts and that should. For stating facts. For stating facts. And, some of the nastiness that is directed to J.K. Rowling from some of these people from the comments, it is, it's disgusting. It's really crazy. It's really all that it is. It's what? Classic misogyny. That's it. Classic misogyny. So uh, anybody um, that's listening to this right now, I want you to go to some of J.K. Rowling's tweets. Just pick any tweet. It doesn't even have to be something where she says she recognizes the existence of biological sex. And look at some of the disgusting replies from these quote-unquote trans um, activists that you will see under this tweet to to trans allies. They're talking about, and and I mean, look, and and I try to be, I ask questions, I critique, I try to be respectful of of people and, and whatever anybody wants to say, I try to be respectful of that. But you see these quote unquote trans women that are very, that are very much male bodied. I mean, they're tall, they they look very masculine, and they will have like pictures of them with a bat, and they say, "Oh, this is my turf bashing bat." And so this is like male violence. It's one hundred percent male to- violence, and it's it's become yeah. it's it's misogyny that's become seen. It's 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 now seen as being progressive, which is it, which is why I get dogpiled because it's misogyny. Yeah, it's 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 like progressive misogyny. It's really weird, and because it's labeled as progressive, people on the left think that it's okay to treat women this way. Women that disagree. I love, I, I love that term. I don't think I've ever heard it before. Maybe you coined it. I Maybe just we're coined coining it. phrases here. I just coined it. Progressive misogyny. <laughs> but it's progressive misogyny, just like there's progressive racism. Exactly. Just like there's the progressive all racism sorts of is hating stuff. white people. Yeah. It's it's hating white people. It's um it is it is this infantilizing of African Americans that they do on the left. You know that is that is a version of progressive racism. I'm gonna steal that from you. Maybe maybe it'll be the title of my next book. So I want to ask you, as somebody who is was is a professional YouTuber, and and all of your stuff is very very much targeted toward the LGBT community. When you decided to come out and be, and, and I've, I've seen you be, it's kind of like, I wouldn't call it baby steps, but you kind of came out as conservative and then it's just, it's more and more and more because at first, and I, I did this myself, because when you first come out as conservative, you don't necessarily say, oh, you come out as Trump supporter. 
Right. Because there, there's like two levels. I came out as conservative and then obviously I was a Trump supporter. It's like when you're coming out of the closet, you come out as bi first. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Trust me. No, nobody's bi. All these, all these men are gay. But yeah, so I, I came out as conservative and then somebody dug up some like old tweet where I said I hated Trump in like early 2017. And then I had to say, okay, like, look, I'm a Trump supporter, guys. Like, like, you know, this is what it is. So tell me about that process for you. And also, has it caused you to lose work? Like, are you eating less because of this? Um, I would say yes and no. I lost over 100 quote friends, you know, I'll say quote friends, because I, I, these are people, some of them were actual people that I actually thought were friends, but people that I literally went to their baby showers and their weddings and stuff like that. Oh yeah. My best man cut me off. The best man at my wedding. There you go. And you know, a lot lot of them just were were like acquaintances, I guess, had just simply unfollowed me, unfriended me like, okay, whatever, like, bye. But some of them I legitimately thought were friends of mine and, you know, just are now calling me racists and transphobe. And and it's like, I've been friends with you for 10 years, like seven, eight years. Like, don't you think you would have seen if I was actually transphobic or racist or sexist or whatever in the first year or two that we hung out, like (laughs) all of a sudden, because I'm not agreeing, you know, 100% with the left and I'm actually being critical, you know, and being, and trying to be more constructive of, of the quote progressive movements. I get shunned and ostracized. But at the same time, I was talking to David about this, our friend David, Brokeback Patriot. I've made better friends. People like him where I literally, if I'm if I'm worried about something, I, I text him and he answers me back almost immediately. And yeah. he's been an amazing friend. And I feel like, I, I think the coming out as conservative is the new coming out as gay. Whereas like, you can, you can still have some straight friends. Like this was back in like the you know, ni- the 1990s, the early 2000s. Like you would still have some straight friends, but you knew that a gay person would understand your coming out process more. Just like I now know that some of the liberals people that I'm still friends with will understand why I changed views, but they're not going to understand the process that it took to get to, to get there. But you and David get it. And Absolutely. I like, and I like talking to you about it. Yeah. I've said all the time, coming out as is, is, is conservative was one of the most disruptive experiences of my entire life. You lose, you lose friends, you lose people that you love. I mean, my, my best friend in the world, I, I just call it my brother. And then I get a text that says that I should no longer talk to you. And then I'm blocked on, on everything. And it, it is, it's, it's really crazy. It makes me sad when I hear stories like yours. It makes me sad to even talk about that story. Where do you see this community going in the next decade? Because I see a lot of gay Republicans. We are rising up. I'm I'm going to an event later on tonight. I, I was at one last weekend because they are saying that, okay, you are going to excommunicate me from this, from this thing that you're doing. I'm going to start my own thing and I'm going to find people like me that have been shunned to, and we're going to do our own thing. It's literally the new coming out. It's It's the new coming out, which is crazy. And the funny thing is most of these people that are calling themselves LGBT are not (laughs) like, they're really not like, they're all these other labels. They're, they're queer and they're Demi and they're all of this crap. It's basically like some straight girl gets purple hair and all of a sudden she's queer. No, it is. And and, and like, that's fine. Do you, but don't call yourself LGBT if you're not sexually attracted to the same sex. Or if you don't have gender dysphoria, if you're not like, you know, <laughs> this but this is my problem. And this is why I tell all the conservatives that I know, because there are a lot of conservatives that are 
we'll say LGBT allies. And they say this LGBTQ thing, um, LGBTQ plus or whatever, because that's the accepted language. And I said, no, 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 do not say LGBTQ. Do not say LGBT plus. Do not say any of that other stuff. Say LGBT because there are far too many people. There's this Hollywood bonehead. Um, his name is Nico Tortorella. He's this, this actor. And he's completely glommed onto this. Like this is a straight man who is literally married to a woman. But he's queer and he does all of this stuff and he does it literally just to get attention on social media, just to get more followers, just to stay relevant. So this LGBT thing uh, in, in the leftist world, it has become basically a marketing demographic. So everybody wants in. It's, it's queer baiting. Yeah, queer baiting is a real thing. It's just not yeah. it's not it's not being used in film and in media in that way as much as people think it's being more used on Twitter and, and stuff like that, in my opinion. Absolutely. So, and, and I, I hate it. I despise it because look, I've always said that I am gay. I am not LGBT. I'm not LGBTQ. I am not LGBTQIAK plus plus, whatever the acronyms are. I am gay. And what I love about the gay, the LGBT conservative movement is that it's filled with fun, free thinking, good looking gays and lesbians, the transgender people that are, that are conservative leaning, will say we recognize the existence of biological sex. So it's almost like, and I was having a conversation with a gay friend of mine down here in Florida, who's, who's he's kind of on the fence uh, in terms of uh, conservative or liberal, but he's a good guy. I said, this is the new counterculture. This is, this is the new thing right now. I mean, you know, gays and lesbians recognizing the existence of biological sex. A lot of us are, are negotiating relationship with God. Um, we, you know, want to just be stable, have relationships, have kids, all that stuff. That is the new counterculture as the LGBT mainstream descends into leftist insanity. Yep. Yeah. And it's a shame. Like I, I remember the main reason that I wanted to, that I realized I had to come out publicly as, as somebody that's, that's at the time wasn't conservative, but just non-left was because I had, um, I always tell the story. I went to the adult video conference in Las Vegas and a friend of mine who's in the industry is very sex positive, very, very body positive in the way that, in my opinion, the way people should be, which is the way I am thought that I like had never met me in person and was worried that I was going to be this crazy, you know, progressive uh, LGBT SJW person because I had, I had a rainbow flag in my Twitter bio. And it's like they've yeah. stolen that culture from us. They've yeah. stolen it, it, it just like, you, you know, people walk down the street now and, and you, like the, I think it was you that was someone, one of the, I think David posted it, the picture of the Black Lives Matter arrests, but they were all white people. It's oh, like, they're all white. Yeah. They're all white. It's the same thing. Like these non, the, the actual non-lesbian, non-gay people are speaking out for us and making us look like crazy people. All in the yeah. name of all in the name of inclusivity and progressiveness, and it's 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 like no, that's actually not what progressive is. And one of the reasons why I came out the way that I did is like you know, look, I I have my own voice, and I will use my own voice. I do not need anybody else speaking for me. Um, and I'm so glad that that you came out as conservative or conservative leaning or whatever, and that that you're speaking up. So. Um, thank you so much for, for speaking with me, for talking about all of this stuff. Um, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, you just, you can find me at youtube.com slash Ariel. Nice. All right. Thanks, Ariel. All right. I'll talk to you later, Rob. Thanks so much to my sponsors. Please support them so we can bring the show to you for free. 
Visit my show page at robsmithisproblematic.com and please tell your friends about the show and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts so other people can learn what the show is about, be introduced to me, all of these problematic thoughts, and introduced to our community of problematics. Thanks to producer Stephen Calabria and researcher Aaron Kleekman and executive producers Debbie and Newt, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of the Gamers 360 Network.